0: This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. This season, we're discussing the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, starting with her self-titled debut album. Today, we'll be discussing three tracks that don't get nearly enough love. But before we get to that, I need to introduce two very special Starbucks lovers. Joining us again today is Nicole Ackman from Next Picture and Petticoats and Poppies. And new to the show, we have Meredith Loftus from Fangirl Forum Pod. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk Taylor Swift uh, self-titled with y'all. It's one of my favorite albums. So this is going to be so great.
2: Thank you so much for having me back. I'm I'm very excited to talk more about what I think is honestly probably Taylor's most underrated album. It truly is. Um- for sure.
0: I'm so happy to hear that Meredith loves it because I feel like a lot of people like respect it. And are like, yeah, it's good. It's like her first album. But to hear people who actually like genuinely love the music on it just makes me so happy. Um, and that brings us to the first question. Since this is your first episode with Starbucks lovers, it's time to hear about your Swifty story. So when did you become a Taylor Swift fan?
1: Oh, man. So I became a Taylor Swift fan Uh, back in 2006 when this uh, album came out, self titled. I was a freshman in high school and this was like what I needed to hear when it came out. I devoured the album. I was a huge Swiftie all the way through uh, Speak Now. But once I got to college, she kind of started doing more pop stuff with Red. I was a exploring more independent music and singer songwriter stuff. So she kind of like faded in the background for me for a bit. I liked 1989. I wasn't like expressing that I enjoyed it. But like they were it was a pop banger album, reputation lover, I was still kind of iffy with and then recently I did my own kind of uh, experiment going back through all of her albums. And I Mm -hmm. saw a lot of like my respect come back for Taylor Swift and then when folklore hit I was like I'm back I'm fully back in so I'm here for the folklore evermore era and I think I'm along for the ride um uh, moving forward but it this album self-titled has such a special place in my heart uh this is her at her freshest mm-hmm. uh you see the seeds of like what she'll go on to do and it's it is underrated and so uh I'm so excited to, yeah, be here to explore like where I became a fan of Taylor Swift during this like sweet time.
0: And I love hearing people talk about 1989 because I feel like that was a pivotal point for a lot of us in our arc for liking Taylor Swift because either a lot of us were like, yes, I love Taylor Swift. She's not my secret anymore. I'm a huge Taylor (laughs) Swift fan. Or people are like, no, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to stay like just a casual Taylor Swift fan. And so was that you know, a, one of your favorite albums? Or is there another one like folklore or oh, the album?
1: Yeah, so upon like re listen, I think uh, 1989. It's not my favorite album. It's her best pop album to date, in my opinion. So I if Taylor has a cohesive album, that's usually I like it the most. So as of now, folklore is currently my favorite Taylor Swift album. For that it was fearless, which like, Fearless Taylor's version like just took it to a new level so I can't fairly like rank it right yet but Folklore right now is my favorite.
0: I love that. So what are your top five songs? I know that's a hard question to answer.
1: You know here's the thing it's like choosing your favorite child and when (laughs) your children it There's like millions of them. You're like, oh my gosh, how do I pick? So this was genuinely hard to pick, like my top five. But as of today, as of today, my top five Taylor Swift songs are Tim McGraw, 15, You Belong With Me, I Wish You Would, and Exile featuring Boney Bear.
0: Yes. (laughs) Which we were jamming out to in the pre-show. Yeah, we were. (laughs) (laughs) Such a good track. So then is... Tim McGraw your favorite from the debut album
1: yes if I had to pick it's definitely uh Tim McGraw in fact I listened to it again last night and I started tearing up it's such a perfect like time capsule song it takes me right back to where I was when I first heard Taylor Swift for the first time and you can't like beat that with music so uh yes it is my fave off the
0: album so since you did this revisit of the, the first album and all of her albums, did you find that your favorite changed? Did you have another favorite when you first listened to the debut or is it Tim McGraw?
1: Oh man. Uh, so back in the day when I was a hardcore, like when this first, when this album came out, my favorite song was teardrops on my guitar, because at the time I did have a crush on a guy named drew so oh this gosh. was playing on repeat. And I'm oh like, this God. is it. Like she gets me, she gets it right now. I mean, obviously our song is such a jam. Stay beautiful is super underrated. I love it. Um, and then a place in this world where we're going to talk about today. Like I could go on and on. I love them all, but I, It used to be Teardrops of My Guitar, but upon re-listen, Tim McGraw, it's just the one that started it all for me.
0: I love that. I love that we've been able to revisit Taylor Swift songs anew because she's re-recording them. And Mm -hmm. since the last time we recorded Starbucks Lovers, as predicted on our episode, she announced that Red, Taylor's version, is coming out in November on the 19th who's excited for this one.
1: (laughs) Can I give y'all credit for a second because I went back and listened to that episode and when you predicted it was going to be read, I'm like, they're geniuses because (laughs) I was under the impression it was 1989 because Wildest Dreams had come out. (laughs) yeah. Well, when you heard it in the Spirit Untamed trailer, I'm like, okay, clearly 1989 is next. So then when y'all were saying red and like, oh my gosh, I can't even for like a longer version of all too well. And literally that's what we're getting like
0: hats off to y'all. I freaked out when she announced it. I was like, wait, was I right about an Easter egg for once? Okay, truly, like as a red girl, like red has always been my album, my
2: era. Like to the point that sometimes I can't even decide, like is red actually my favorite album, or am I just attached to the idea of it as my favorite album? Uh, I really feel like I'm winning. Like, and the fact that I'm gonna get to have red, uh, as like a, a you know red Taylor's version come out as I'm starting grad school. Um, this fall, this for you. and I can like walk across campus listening to it. Like, oh, it's gonna take me back. I'm so excited.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited for you, seriously.
0: As, <laughs> thank as soon thank as you. I like, started theorizing that it was going to be red, I was like, do I want to tell Nicole that I think it's going to be red? Because I know that's like her album. <laughs> I love this. Yes, yep. so much. Uh, and speaking of red, Big Red Machine also released "Renegade" featuring Taylor Swift in July, which is just chef's kiss that song so is good. so unexpected and so good
1: can we just say renegade is really taylor swift barely featuring big big red machine like yeah, it's
2: let's call it what swift. it is it's taylor's it was a great song Fantastic. call it what you want
0: to but yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so a, it goes. Is, uh, that song though it, it does hit a little a little hard so i'm like it really does like taylor like, back off no <laughs>
0: no and then another kind of exciting milestone is that folklore is officially a year old, which I cannot believe because that means it's been a year. <laughs> How? How? Time and is gone by so fast. So fast. And Taylor's just out here producing absolute bangers. <laughs> we love her for it. Uh, but because folklore is a year old, she also announced The Lakes, the original version and Nicole got to witness me lose my mind because Joe Alwyn had posted this really cute picture on his <laughs> Instagram story the day before Taylor Swift posted about the lakes and they're like the reverse photos of each other and I just lost my mind.
1: <laughs> they're very cute. They're I love t- them so, so dang much. cute. I-, I ship them quite a bit.
0: I, I ship them a lot. Um. <laughs> And of course, thanks to uh, the low-key season finale, Getaway Car has returned to my playlist, speaking of other ships of Taylor Swift's. Uh, (laughs) And I just, I find it so amusing that the majority of low-key playlists that I have found on Spotify and have been sent all have reputation songs on them. So,
2: reputation is a Loki album. I said what I said. It is a Loki <laughs> album. It
0: is very true. And if you would like to hurt yourself, like I hurt myself, listen to Getaway Car and Cruel Summer back to back.
2: If you also want to hurt yourself um, with something a little, Taylor Swift uh, influence, but not Taylor Swift. You can listen to "Getaway Car" and then follow it up immediately with "Favorite Crime" by Olivia Rodrigo because oh. they sound like the, it sounds like the other side of that song. And oh. then you can feel really bad for Tom Hiddleston. Uh-
1: <laughs> I love this. <laughs> listen, Tom Hiddleston is doing just fine for himself. He's, he's I also, good. I also agree. "Getaway Car" is such uh it slaps. It's a banger, um, and yes, "Reputation." fits them, fits Loki, Silky very well. Um, I was telling Maggie before the show, like what would cause true mayhem on Disney Plus is on their recommended, if they had the Loki series and then folklore, the long pond session, like right next to each other. (laughs) Like, could you imagine? That'd be wild.
0: I need someone to like recommend this casually on Twitter so that the Disney Plus employees on Twitter are like mayhem. We should create mayhem because nobody's probably thought of it.
1: I have it. I call me up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now we're going to go back in time to a simpler time, a place in this world. (laughs) Um, So a place in this world is the fourth song on the album. Uh, Taylor wrote a place in this world when she was just 13 years old and they had just moved to Nashville. It's about her dreams and goals for becoming a professional singer. And up until this point, the Swift family had been making these trips from Pennsylvania to Tennessee, trying to help launch Taylor's career. And it's really about that um, uncertainty of where things are going to go. Uh, it was written by Taylor, Robert L- uh, Ellis Oral, and Angelo Petrogalia. Uh, Robert revealed a little while after the song came out that he had recorded the song with Taylor in addition to I'm Only Me When I'm With You and What Do You Say. The song is three minutes and 22 seconds long, and allegedly her debut album was originally supposed to be called A Place in This World, which I think is interesting. Starting out, I mean, were there any standout lyrics that really stood out to you while you were like re-listening the track?
1: I know for me, uh, the opening lines of the song itself is uh, pretty on point. It's one of my favorite set of lyrics. I don't know what I want, so don't ask me because I'm still trying to figure it out, AKA the story of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is very much, uh, it hits the notes of being a, a teenager and she is embarking on this career and she's still trying to figure it out. She's not sure what's going to happen and how many of us have felt that way about entering into adulthood, college, high school, etc. Like it just is, uh, it just speaks to the moment. And I actually love the idea of, this being her debut album being called a place in this world I feel like that would have also like hit the tone with what this album had to say as a whole but I'm also you know like hindsight 2020 I still love that it's self-titled anyways but if it was gonna have a track like a title this would
0: have been a really good one truly and I think in hindsight also the song feels really Revealing for how Taylor has tried to live her life over these past few years, you know, she got really caught up in the glitz and the glamour of being very public as a celebrity and now she's kind of retreated and now she's just a girl again and I Mm -hmm. kind of love revisiting the song and reflecting on how things have changed for Taylor. And that, you know, celebrity and becoming a very famous singer.
2: I think it's interesting because like, with, there's this line, you know, I'll be strong, I'll be wrong, but life goes on. And it, it almost feels like the same sort of philosophy that Taylor has about things that led later to songs like Shake It Off, mm-hmm. that are sort of about this idea of like, things are going to happen, but you just kind of have to keep rolling with it and uh, figuring out who you are and what you're trying to be and not let all of that phase you. Which I do think it's interesting whenever you think about sort of her trajectory that she wrote this at such a young age. And it does mm-hmm. feel like sort of she's returned in a way to this place. Mm-hmm.
0: Do, do either of you have any like memories about the song from when it first came out? Because when I was listening to it, I was like, man, I don't remember the song at all. And it was such a good song. And I can't figure out if it was just like not what I was feeling at the time, like if I was too edgy, too cool, because like this was the period when I was listening to like Evanescence. So if I'm listening to a song about like, I'm not that girl, it's definitely not this kind of track.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was in middle school when this came out and this was very me. Like, honestly, listening to it brings me back to myself as a middle schooler because I would just listen to this on repeat and be like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out. I felt very, you know, I think like a lot of middle school girls do. I felt very out of place and like I didn't fit in. And I would like comfort myself with the idea that Taylor Swift, who I thought was like the coolest person ever, also had those feelings and also felt like she didn't have things figured out. So I was like, well, if she feels that way, then it's okay that I feel this way. Uh, which is kind of funny whenever I look back now because I've also been like, you know, telling myself sort of that whole thing about Taylor ever since, you know, well, if she can get tangled up with the wrong guy and get her heart broken, then like, if I do it, like, I can't be mad at myself for it because, you know, it's having it's to better people than me. Um, but yeah, it, I have like very distinct memories of listening to this as like, you know, an angsty pretty.
0: <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, same. I definitely remember like jamming to this, uh, my freshman year of high school. Um, another lyric that really sticks out to me is, and I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve, which Mm -hmm, I felt like that was like me in a nutshell. Oh, I'm like, what you see is what you get. I'm tender hearted. Like, um, and she's just trying to figure things out. And so of the ones on self-titled, which, uh, I mean, there are a few, like, skips or like I didn't remember as well this one has like strong walking into high school and trying to like walk with a song in my head and this was like the song that I try to project like finding my place in this
0: world oh I love that and then the next track on the album is of course cold as you uh which is one of the emotional ballads that she later became very known for writing uh it was written by Taylor and Liz Rose Uh, In promotional material, Swift said, I think the lyrics to this song are some of the best we've ever written. It's about the moment where you realize someone isn't at all who you thought they were and that you've been trying to make excuses for someone who doesn't deserve them and that some people are just never going to love you. We were halfway through writing this when I started singing and now that I'm sitting here thinking it through, I've never been anywhere cold as you. The song is four minutes and one second long. Now, this one I remember listening to because this is exactly the kind of angsty, emotional, like so ate up in myself (laughs) melodrama that I was into as um, a kid. And I still when I've dealt with people who did not deserve my love, uh, definitely reflected on the I've never been anywhere as cold as you.
2: Like what a line is that? Like so yeah. oh yeah. I also have just like very distinct memories of this song. And not just when it came out. This is one that I like I just about wore this song out in high school. And it's one <laughs> of the ones that I like return to over time. I have it on playlists because I not to get like weirdly deep, but I am someone who when something goes wrong in a, you know budding relationship tend to blame myself Mm -hmm. uh and so this is a song that i listen to and remind myself that like no like not not to sound like i'm never the problem but like (laughs) i'm never the person who's being cold and i know that like Mm -hmm. i typically am not that side of it and it's sort of this song many times it'll come on and i'm like oh right like i'm actually not the one who's in the wrong here Mm -hmm. uh and it kind of helps me helps me feel that i also listening to it again this time this feels like it could be a song on sour by olivia rodrigo (laughs) like it's that same level of like kind of reflecting back on someone and being like wait a second like i did everything like i was willing to give you everything Mm -hmm. and you were not willing to reciprocate that
0: completely oh yeah
1: Um, I absolutely adore this song. Um, I definitely jammed to this as my angsty teen self to feel like I needed something. And like, honestly, one of my favorite lyrics is so I started a fight because I need to feel something like Mm -hmm. getting I as a teenager, I had never been in the place where like, oh, yeah, like I just feel numb to the world. But when I'd sing this song, I felt like I went through the ringer with somebody, um, whether I had experienced the heartbreak or not. I was like in it with Taylor like, oh, yes, fighting this. And I yeah, I think the song is incredible. And I love how it. we kind of see allusions to what she's doing moving forward like counting all the scars that you've made definitely mm-hmm. reminded me of cardigan you drew stars around my scars and it's just powerful i love the fact that like stuff that she's done in her debut album are still like trickling on through all of her later work too like she hasn't mm-hmm. abandoned self-titled taylor behind which i love
0: no i that was one of the, the highlights that i had as well was the Drawing the parallel between this song and Cardigan. Uh, And yeah, no, this one definitely still pops up in playlists. I'm a playlist person. I think I've tweeted about it a few times, but I process things by creating a playlist for a person, like playing it for like a month and then never touching it again. Um, If anyone ever got a hold of my like private Spotify playlist, I'd be dead. (laughs) Um, And like, I'm very clever about it. Like I don't name it after the person, but I feel like the way that I curate it If you know what was going on, you could probably figure out who the person was because I'll (laughs) pick songs that are, like, specific to a situation and then, like, chronologically detail what's gone on through songs. And this one, you know, always pops up because where else could you get this cold feeling except from this Taylor Swift track? Um,
1: That's, like, a skill you should put on a
2: resume. Like, the
0: good creative...
2: Yeah, (laughs) Maggie is (laughs) excellent at making playlists. Like, I truly (laughs) think it's one of your best skills, (laughs) Maggie.
0: I feel like I drive, like, drive my writing like collaborators on like creative projects crazy because I'll be like, okay, so now I'm going to create the Pinterest and the playlist for every character and exactly what the arc's going on, and it's going to be like highly detailed. I expect you to listen to it (laughs) because it's just it's how I process. But Taylor Swift music is consistently on those playlists, and the next track is another one that pops up quite frequently which is tied together with a smile. It is the, you know, according to Taylor Swift, tied together with a smile was written the day that she learned that a friend was suffering from an eating disorder, which is very heavy, you know, situations to be writing about. But the song is so relatable, regardless of who's listening to it, regardless to what situation, because I think a lot of people don't realize how valuable they are as more than what people see them as. And I think that's why this song really resonates with people. You know, Taylor talked about how this girl was, you know, beauty queen, pageant princess, you know, every guy wanted to be worth her and every girl wanted to be her. Uh, This track she collaborated with Liz Rose on and it is the seventh on the album. The song is approximately four minutes and 11 seconds long. In 2007, during an Ask the Artist session, Taylor said, I always thought that one of the biggest overlooked problems American girls face is insecurity. And that's why I think this album resonates regardless of if you are a 13 year old girl or a almost 30 year old woman, like we all feel this. This is like such a universal feeling.
2: Absolutely. I mean, this is one that also like hit very hard for me in middle and high school. you know, especially that line, you cry, but you don't tell anyone that you might not be the golden one. Mm-hmm. Um Still Gilted gets girl. me a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, okay. girl, burn out. <laughs> Um, Truly, I'm like, gifted can burn out right here. Uh But, you know, I think especially because I've watched in middle and high school, and even in, in more recent years, I've watched several friends go through eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And sort of knowing that that was what inspired the song, because I remember reading that, you know, back in the day, Uh, it is something that's always like really resonated with me. And I think it's, it's an interesting song too. And that I feel like Taylor does have a lot of songs that sort of address topics that are not often sung about in the mainstream sort of pop Mm -hmm. culture or country world. Uh, And I think Mm -hmm. this is a really good example of one of those of like, you know, I, I used to get so mad when people would, would sort of do that whole thing. Like, Oh, Taylor Swift only, only writes songs about boys, which I'm like, so wrong. What do all musicians do? Like what? But it's also just like not true about Taylor. And I think this is a good example of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Some of my favorite songs of hers actually have like nothing to do with love or heartbreak. But honestly, like growing up, people in her life and real life struggles. And I love that this song was like talking about insecurities and mental health in a way like in 2006 when we weren't talking about it in the way that we do now um and obviously we find out like later on that taylor actually struggled a lot with weight and image and this kind of gives us a glimpse into that even though we didn't really know at the time like yes she was like writing this about her friend but like after the miss americana documentary like We learned that she really struggled with that too. And she's now in like a much healthier place, but it's a reminder that we all go through this. Like we will, we can get so insecure about like the smallest little details of life and the line, you know, from the chorus and you're tied together with a smile, but you're coming undone. It kind of alludes to me, like thinking about, this is me trying, this is me trying to keep it together. But like, I am at, I am coming undone. I'm at my wits end. And I don't know where to turn at this point. And it's so refreshing to know that, like, this 16 year old was singing about this to girls who struggle with this, but then to literally anybody. And that's why, like, I love how music can be just so universal and just like tap into the moment in that way. And
0: I agree. You know, this might be like an odd comparison, but this song thematically reminded me a lot of Olivia Rodrigo's Hope You're Okay, not to like bring another comparison to Sour, which is such a fantastic album. But I think it it might be because both of them have these stories about hidden struggles that, you know, people close to them are facing and kind of reflecting on it in their own unique ways. And I think that's something like you were saying, Meredith, That's like so nice to see artists who write songs that aren't just about you know, relationships, but about a different kind of relationship, the people around you, their struggles, because I think those really do speak the most to fans and to Mm -hmm. people listening. Um, Were there any final thoughts on these three songs that we've talked about?
1: They are underrated, and I cannot wait to hear Taylor's versions of all of these songs. This entire album, I cannot wait when she finally announces that we're getting this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know I can't wait I had originally thought she was going to do it chronologically and then she just decided to go at her own pace which more power to her but I just want to know if she's going to go back to her like very southern twang
2: yeah okay that was what I was gonna say is um I have to ask does anyone else without even meaning to put on a southern accent when they sing along to this album because (laughs) I didn't realize I did it and then I was literally cooking earlier while listening to it and I was like oh my god I and like I'm from North Carolina so like I But I'm from Raleigh, so I don't really have that much of an accent. But I do, like, slip into one whenever I'm with my relatives who, who live out in regions where their, their you know, accents are more prevalent. Um, and, like, man, if you want to make my accent come out, just put this album on.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, shame. Uh, so I'm originally from South Carolina. Uh, you know, country music, pop, all of it was, like, very much ingrained into me growing up. I don't have as much of an accent, but if I start singing, like, Tim McGraw, our song, Stay Beautiful. Like, I just, like, hit the twang hard. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like, who am I right now?
0: Oh, yeah. I have family from Knoxville, Tennessee. And if I listen to anything with any remotely close to Tennessee accent, I can't get rid of it. And this album definitely does that to me <laughs> completely <laughs> unintentionally. But it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Taylor revisits the accent as well as the uh, the tracks. Uh, But thank you both so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle. Thanks so much for listening to our third episode. Where can folks uh, follow both of you?
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Meredith Loftus. And you can follow my podcast at Fangirl Forum Pod on Twitter. And if you love Taylor Swift, I have three episodes dedicated to Taylor Swift, uh, going through her uh, discography, me discovering folklore and evermore with one of my best friends who like you, Nicole, she lives and dies by the red era. So like, (laughs) yeah, two are soul
2: sisters. Um, So yeah, that's all my things to plug. Awesome. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Nicole Ackman 16. And you can also find me and Maggie talking about period dramas and occasionally other movies that deal with history uh, at HGA, wait, Maggie, what is it? HG podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I was like, I think I've got my letters
0: wrong. There's oh um, the number of times that I mistake our acronym for how to get away with murder. Cause it's yeah. like one letter oh, off. That's
1: real close. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so close, uh, but yeah. it is in my link tree on my and page mine. and so. your page. So you can find it there. You can follow me on Twitter at Maggie of the town where everything is in my LinkedIn or LinkedIn. Oh my gosh. We're just <laughs> all over the place on my link tree. And don't forget to follow the Starbucks lovers podcast on a Taylor Swift pod, also linked in my link tree. Stay beautiful until next month, because oh my, 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 you should have said no.